I am delighted that my friend Peter Wood is able to share with us in the service this morning. Peter and I go way back. We studied together and in Aberdeen University in the 1980s, which is ancient history. We both ended up going overseas after our studies. Peter and Emma, his wife, served in the Congo until they were forced to, to leave their, their place of work um, because of an armed conflict that still continues to this day. We met again uh, when we both worked at 121 George Street in what was then known as the Board of World Mission. Together, Peter and I, with a team of others, we helped to organize an international conference that uh, gathered all the partner churches of the Church of Scotland, which at that time were 26 in number. They came from Africa and Europe and Asia, the Middle East and the Americas. Sadly, um, there are very few partners with the Church of Scotland these days. And after we finished that conference, Emma and I studied in New College together. Emma studied a PhD, and I was a, a lowly master's student. And at that time, Peter and Emma did us the honor of becoming the godparents of our youngest daughter, Rachel. Oh, youngest daughter, Ailey. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> Peter has, has since served as an ecumenical minister in England in a brand new town in Camberwell in, in Cambridgeshire. And then he worked as the diocesan advisor on to mission in Ely, in Ely Diocese. Presently, Peter works with the Church of Scotland as a pioneer and a new housing coordinator for Lothian Presbytery. And he's also the locum minister at Penny Cook South and Hogate Church. Emma is a senior lecturer at New College in African Christianity and African Indigenous Religions. They have three children, just about all grown up, Ruri, Kara, and Cameron. And fitting with our, our season of creation care and honor of it being the harvest, when we turn our eyes and our thoughts to the changing seasons, Peter's going to share something this morning about his experiences with Forest Church. Let's approach God in prayer this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this time of year. And the days are getting colder and the leaves are changing color. Thank you for the variety of the seasons that keep us refreshed and expectant as to what is to come. Thank you that at this time of year, the farmers are reaping the harvest. And because of their efforts, there will be food for us and for the animals this coming winter. We pray your blessing on all the farmers in our congregation and in our community. We ask you to give them stamina to get through this busy time. May they bring in enough to keep them going so that they will have plenty to share with others. 
And as we turn to listen to your word, Lord God, we ask you to send your spirit upon us all. Come, Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear what you are saying to each and every one of us and to us as a church together. And give us eyes to see how to put what you are saying into practice. And give strength to our hands and feet to actually practice what you desire of us. We pray now the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And read for us a portion of scripture that speaks of all that God has created. Come, Francis. The reading this morning is from Psalm 104, verses 10 to 30. He makes springs pour water into the ravens. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to the mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prayer and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is a sea vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die 
and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Amen. Thanks be to God. Do you know what a hyrax is? It's a rock badger. And I think some people like Naomi used to see them in her youth in Africa, the hyrax and the leviathan that was in that, that psalm. Do you know what that is? It's a whale. It's a whale that plays in the sea, that frolics in the sea. Let's sing together the, the song that we learned not long ago, the song, Jesus Scatters the Seeds of the Kingdom. Going to watch a video um, to start with this morning. Just take a look at this. It only lasts for uh, three or four minutes, but enjoy this.
fantastic. Thank you. Do you want to move it on to the, the slides, if that's possible? Um, and go on to the next one, please. There we go. That's what I wanted. That's great. There's a movement happening across the United Kingdom in different places. People from church and people who love being outdoors are meeting up to explore what is Forest Church. Forest Church is looking to recover the place of the revelation of God in and through creation alongside that of the revelation of the Bible. Augustine called nature the first book of God's revelation. At our Forest Church group, we have talked about allotments, labyrinths, conservation, the seasons of the year, our Celtic ancestors, and starting new groups. In Forest Church, there's no big door to come across, no big threshold to enter. It's quite playful, it's creative, interactive, holistic, and spiritual as we listen to creation around us. There's a bunch of blokes walking the fells in Cumbria. And when they get to the top, they stand in silence for 15 minutes and listen for God. There's young families in Duddingston. They've just started a muddy church in Duddingston. Church outdoors, listening to God in creation alongside Scripture. There's people in Musselburgh who are foraging Wild raspberries. It's one of the joys of coming back to Scotland. Don't have wild raspberries in England. Wild raspberries. I wonder what you could forage. I wonder what we can relearn about the world around us and God's gifts to us. There's a group in Kerstorfen working with the Friends of Camel to learn about that space and to care for the land and through that caring see the rhythms and the patterns of life and, and learn afresh about that. Now some of that sounds nice and dandy, you say, but what's that to do with church? Well, research shows us that actually when people think about their last spiritual experience, and this research is, is everybody in the country, not just Christians where we might say, yes, it's I hear God in Scripture. This research has been countrywide. People say I feel closest to God when I hear music. Or I feel closest to God when I'm on the hills. I lift my head up and I join with creation, with the awesomeness of the sky, with the beauty of the birds singing. You know what? It goes beyond my ability to articulate that joy. And I just, I just love being there. Sometimes as Christians in the past, we have dismissed creation too lightly. We've looked at it and then looked away and put our heads down. We are looking now into creation. Not just to see beauty, but to think too about God's ways and patterns for our planet. Recently at Pennycook, our last one this, this month actually, in Pennycook Forest Church... We were gathering leaves. As we listened to Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for everything. And God made everything beautiful in its time. The green leaves, the red leaves, 
the yellow leaves, the brown leaves? What stage are you at in your life? We thought too about letting go and how at this time of year, many of the bushes and the trees, they let go. They they no longer look to soak up the rays of the sunshine from their leaves. They look down into their roots and so they let go of their leaves. Letting go is part and parcel of life. Letting go in pandemics, letting go in churches. This is something that creation does annually, does regularly. Is it a pattern that we do? For in letting go, the tree finds renewed vigor. It's letting go that energy is restored. Listening to creation alongside our lives as Christians. Psalm 104 is a superb psalm. I wonder for you which of those images still resonate. The waterfall, the lion roaring, the deer on the hillside, or perhaps the winemaking. In all of this, we see the active participation of a God who delights in his creation. And we are part of that. As God calls the fish to swim and the plants to blossom and flower, so he calls us into relationship with himself, with each other, and with the planet. In this time, we greatly prize our individuality. We are very good at saying what we want, what fits me, what's best for me. As Christians, we read Psalms like 104, and we see that we are part of God's complex ecosystem. And that one change affects everything. We recognize, therefore, our interdependence. We have come to recognize that soberly in the time of pandemic, haven't we? We've looked on our screens at a a virus happening in China and thought, gosh, right, okay. And then we're wearing masks in Asia and we thought, we can never catch us doing that. Look at us. We are one human race. We are interconnected with the world under our feet, with our neighbor down the street, with the birds in our trees with the bees that pollinate our plants around us. We are called to notice, to give thanks, and to connect more deeply with each other, with the planet, and with God. We are called to a life of interconnectedness. Because we believe in a Trinitarian God, a God who is love, And the Father loves the Son who loves the Holy Spirit. It's the model, that interdependence of love, that giving and taking, that noticing, that servanthood is the nature of God. Now, I've got next to Mike, I realize there, Mike, I've got, what does interdependence mean? It's a big term, but actually here I've got, if you want to see some examples of ways of thinking about interdependence, 
please come and take a sheet. There's little exercises, because interdependence sounds like a big concept, doesn't it? Actually, here are some suggestions as to what you might do to, to better pursue interdependence with those around us, with our spiritual lives, and with the planet. So, so please come, come and take some of these. But secondly, interdependence means noticing. I said earlier, you are a congregation who notice. Think of Jesus noticing people. Zacchaeus in the tree. Noticing the lilies of the field, the small things. For Dostoevsky said, and maybe we could go on to that slide. Have we got there? No, next one. Go on. Yay, there we go. Obviously, bonus points, if you can tell me the name, the Latin name of that uh, fungi in the picture, but later. For Dostoevsky said, love all of God's creation, the whole of it and every grain of sand in it. How ridiculous, don't you think? And yet that is what we're called to do. Love every ray of God's light. Love the animals, love the plants, love everything. If you love everything you will perceive the divine mystery in things. For we are called to share the planet. We are called to recognize our oneness with the world. This is what Jesus prays for in the garden. He prays that we may be one as his followers. He prays for oneness for the cosmos. Maybe saints are people who see those connections between the planet, between ourselves, between others. I want to finish with a story. This has been a tough year. This has been a tough couple of years as we have gone through an international pandemic. We're still learning how to cope with that. It's changed us. But, you know, if we look back in history... As a human race, we have had challenges before. Let me take you to the 14th century and tell you about Julian of Norwich. She lived through the Black Death, the plague that decimated Europe from 1348 to 1351. Half of her city, the city of Norwich, were killed in the Black Death. The resulting social and economic disruption are hard to fathom. The plague returned 15 years later. She lived also in the seemingly endless 100 years war. In 1381, there was a major peasants' revolt, resulting from years of injustice and unfair taxes. The church, too, was in considerable disarray. In 1378, the Catholic Church split in what came to be known as the Great Schism, and there were two popes. It was chaos. And in this, life seemed to have lost its Meaning, It seemed to be turning in on itself. Was anything of any value? Could anything hold together? And in this time, Julian had this vision of God's love as expressed in a tiny hazelnut. And she says this. And he showed me a little thing 
the quantity of a hazelnut lying in the palm of my hand. And it was as round as any ball. I looked upon it with the eye of my understanding and thought, what's this? And it was answered, it is all that is made. I marveled how it might last, for I thought it might suddenly have fallen to nothingness for littleness. And I answered in my understanding, it lasts and even shall, for God loves it, and so have all things their beginning by the love of God. In this little thing, I saw that God made it, God loves it, and God keeps it. My prayer for you is that you are people that notice. Notice the world around. Notice the needs of others. Notice the calling of God on your life. You notice those connections. And in the gift of all that God gives us on this Harvest Sunday, we come and we give thanks for God who holds us like tiny things in his hands. Let's pray. God, we thank you as we marvel at the beauty of the world in which you set us. Help us in our Christian faith as we follow Christ to see the connections with the earth around us, the earth under our feet. Help us make connections with those next to us to share your goodness and in all things acknowledge you are the source of our life. Come, Holy Spirit, and make this truth real to us. Because we ask in Jesus' name, amen. COVID times, we haven't been taking up an offering, but people have found other ways to give. If you'd like to know more about giving to Bigger Kirk, please do drop me a line or, or have a chat with me. But I, I thank you for what you brought in kind this morning. It's going to be given to the Clydesdale Food Bank. But let's, let's pray to dedicate our offering and to continue our prayers for ourselves and others. Lord, we thank you for all that you give us. Thank you for clothes to wear, food to eat, air to breathe. Lord, help us not to take it for granted. And as you have given us so graciously, help us to model and to mirror your character as we give to others. Lord God, renew our appreciation for what surrounds us, both human and non-human. Renew us in our appreciation, but also in our responsibility. Help us to be good workers and keepers in this, your garden of delights. And Lord, this morning we thank you in particular for, for Peter and for those who work with him. 
Thank you for the initiatives that he and they have been able to start in your name in Lothian Presbytery and there in Pennycook. We ask you to bless them as they reach out to folks moving into new housing and folks who are willing to explore Christian faith in new ways. And Lord, we ask you to pour out your spirit on Peter and on his work and on the folk who work with him. Give them supernatural guidance and power from on high through what they say and that through what they do, your name will be glorified once again in this, our land. This morning we gather as your people and we bring to you those for whom we are concerned this morning, those who are ill, those living with anxiety, those grieving a loss. And we name them now in the silence before you. Lord, come and visit these for whom we pray. May your presence overwhelm them. And may that peace that passes understanding that comes from you invade their hearts. And finally, we pray for ourselves in all our circumstances whether the good or the trying. We ask you to guide us and to grow us and to bring us closer to you. For we pray these prayers in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> 